guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, Morgan here bringing you another episode of Joy and Hope. As I'm starting off this episode today, I am feeling specifically insecure about my videos, my YouTube channel uh, portion of this ministry. It's just really hard because as a content creator, you get a lot of outside forces being like, you need to build a brand, you need to coin phrases or inside jokes that make people want to follow your channel or increase your following or you need to like hone in on increasing your following, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just over here like, not about it. No, I don't care. I don't care if that's what everyone else does. I don't care if these certain women who come to mind who seem awesome and I'm glad that they're doing what they feel like they're called to do by the Lord, like have things like that. But I'm just over here like, guess what? I thought my big dream was to become this huge, like sought after Catholic speaker, whatever. Guys, I don't want that at all. Like I don't want my life in the limelight because the bigger you get, the more the devil is going to try to attack you. (laughs) Um, I've already got my own sins and struggles. Like, I don't need anybody, like, looking at me for, like, the best example of what it means to follow Jesus. Like, Lord, I want your light to flow through me, but I don't want to be that figure kind of like in biblical times where everybody was, like, all about John the Baptist thinking he was maybe the Messiah, whatever. And I'm just going to—guys, I'm just going to name it. And it's not because these people think—okay— Father Mike Schmitz is not Jesus. Emily Wilson is not Jesus. Jackie and Bobby Angel, Ascension Presents, Bishop Robert Barron, Pope Francis, like these public figures or like your pastor. Like think about the person that when you think of somebody who follows Jesus um, or is like a good example of you for you, somebody you look up to, like that's awesome. You guys, I look up to these people. But I just need us all to take a minute and be like, but they're not Jesus. I am not Jesus. My episodes are not going to be perfect. They're not. Plenty of times I have like said the wrong thing or had to go back later and be like, hey, disclaimer in the contents below, like this, I thought this person was a sister, like a religious sister, wrongly assumed that because of their religious name. It's actually a super dude priest, like man. Okay. Like I just need us all to take a minute and remember that when we get, I don't know, like hooked on a podcast or really into a YouTube channel, like telling myself this too, it's like everything this person is saying is not like 
original inspired scripture. It is not, there might have, they might have like parts of the catechism or something, but it's like, at the end of the day, we as influencers are just offering you our opinions. We are offering you what we believe the Lord has put on our heart. But as the prayer of Thomas Merton says so wisely, just because I think I'm doing God's will doesn't necessarily mean that I am. But I pray, Lord, that I will always be found doing that, seeking that. Like I, as one of my favorite slam poets says, like, I pray to always be on a mission about my father's business. Like, that's what I want for my life. And Lord, I, I, I trust and I pray that you see that. But I guess I just want to speak to you real quick. Like viewers, listeners, if you've been led here by the Lord, thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. But also know that I'm just a person, that I am just a person, and that I am not perfect. So, man, I just I just felt the need to get that out there because I have just had a really stressful week, like an overwhelming week as far as work and just like pressure to do more or put more out there or create more content. And it's like, I can't create anything. So even the title content creator is misleading because only the Lord can create because to create means to bring something out of nothing. And I'm just over here, like everything good that comes forth from me has already been made by him. Like I'm just the messenger. Um, like the book of the prophet Malachi is Malachi literally means my messenger. Like that whole book is just about like the upcoming messenger. Like who is the Lord like bringing to bring you closer to him? We're just vessels, y'all. We're just instruments. We're the middle men and praise God that he has gifted us with grace to be used by him in this way. But like, I just felt the need to say that today. So there we go. And with that, let's talk about what it means to have Mary in our lives as Christians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Totus tuus Maria ego sum. I am totally yours, Mary, just the way that I am. Amen. Okay, I got a sticky note today. Get pumped. So this episode is specifically titled Mary's Role in the Christian Life. I wanted to talk about this because lately I have had a lot of conversations with people who are really close to me who are Protestant, meaning Christians who are not Catholic. And there has been some confusion there because as Catholics, we hold that the mother of God, Mary, was ever virgin sinless. And one of the people that I had a conversation with recently, it came up because in the most recent episode that's been released of The Chosen, it was season two, episode six, Unlawful. There's a lot about Mary Magdalene in it, but Mary, the mother of God, is also a prominent figure in this episode. And the friend I was watching it with asked me a question and I thought that they were talking about Mary, the mother of God, because they were like, so when you say Mary is sinless or whatever, like, what do you mean by that? 
And I went on this whole big tangent. And at the end, I was just like, I don't feel like any of that made sense. Something didn't feel right in my heart. I was like, this doesn't feel like the truth has hit home. And we just like kind of continued on. And then lo and behold, come to find out at the end, my friend was like, wait, you're talking about like Mary, like Mary Jesus's mother. Like I haven't been watching the chosen before this episode. So like they, they thought that Mary Magdalene was who I was talking about when I said Mary was sinless, Mary is ever virgin, etc. And they were so confused, right? Okay. So I just feel the need to say that in case nobody has ever said this to you, or in case you're not really familiar with scripture, there are a lot of people with the same names. That can get really confusing. And so one of those figures is Mary. There are multiple Marys in Scripture. and the New Testament specifically, there is, just for example, there's Mary the mother of Jesus. So the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, hear a lot about Mary. That's the Mary we're talking about. But then throughout the Gospels, the figure of Mary Magdalene is introduced. This woman who had had seven demons possessing her, who were driven out by the Lord and becomes one of his disciples. And then I think her name is Mary, the wife of Clopas. I don't know how to say that person's name, but there's this other Mary who's traveling along with them and it gets really confusing. So I'm specifically talking about Mary's role in the Christian life being Mary, the mother of Jesus, the one who as a Catholic church, we believe was immaculately conceived. So when her mother, so Mary's parents, their names are Joachim and Anne. So when Anne conceived Mary in her womb from that very instant, as Catholics, we believe that Mary was preserved from original sin. Kind of like if the example I've heard before, if we're walking toward a pit, but we fall in. There's, there's two examples of salvation. So, okay, I have fallen into a pit. Someone reaches in and pulls me out. They like have saved me from the pit. Like that is how the rest of us are saved from original sin. Like we already are born, we're conceived with original sin, but then through baptism, through the waters of baptism, the words of the Trinitarian formula, I baptize you, Morgan, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I am rid of original sin. Mary, we believe, is um, the only figure who was preserved from that entirely, other than Adam and Eve, but then they fell. But Mary, we believe, never fell and was like not even permitted to go into the pit at all. We believe she has no original sin. It was awesome. It is awesome. Like just imagining her life of grace is just so cool. Like when the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Hail Mary, full of grace. Cannot even fathom what a cool title that is. So I just want to be very specific. We're talking about Mary, Jesus's mother, not Mary Magdalene. Now, there are some really fancy terms that the church will use for Mary, like mediatrix, all these kinds of things. Guys, if you want to get into deep Marian theology, go get a catechism. Google Catholic Marian theology. There's so much awesome stuff, but straight up, I'm not here to get into that because honestly, I'm trying to have more of a simple faith because I can't wrap my mind around all of this stuff. So when I say I love Mama Mary, 
I believe that the Lord has given her to me to bring me closer to him. And I want to use this most recent episode of The Chosen to illustrate what that looks like. So here is how Mary is meant to be a a very prominent figure in the lives of all Christians, not just Catholics. So in this episode of The Chosen, it's going to be spoiler alert. So if you have not seen season two, episode six of The Chosen, I invite you to come back to this video after you've seen it if you want no spoilers, but I also invite you to consider going ahead, watching, listening, and then going into the episode with this framework already in mind. So in this episode, Mary Magdalene has gone off and sinned again. Sinned again. That's all I'm going to say. But earlier in the series, we see how the Lord has delivered her from her demons. She's been following along with him closely. She seems very full of grace as well. Like she is just this totally new person, right? Like when we encounter the Lord for the first time, isn't that true? How often we get on fire. We're just so fervent with love for the Lord. But what happens in this episode is now she's gone away. Like she's been tempted to leave. Her past has been brought up through these different circumstances. And she is just feeling like crap and she's not feeling worthy. And so she leaves, she leaves Jesus. She leaves the disciples and she goes off and falls into some of the same sins again. And she is so ashamed that when Peter and Matthew come and find her because Jesus sent them to find her, and bring her back. Oftentimes in our lives, how true is that? There are different figures who like come to us, friends, family, who are like, just come back to the Lord. And we're like, no, not because we don't want to, but because we don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we can. The way that Mary describes it, she's like Mary Magdalene. She's like, the Lord has already saved me. Like, what can he do again? Like, I shouldn't have left. And we just get so caught up in this cycle of sin and shame. Wow. They start reminding her of all these beautiful things that the Lord has done through her, even though she's not perfect. And so she ends up coming back with them, but she's still so forlorn. And her friends can only bring her so far. Peter and Matthew bring her back to camp. But it's so beautiful. Mary, the mother of God, runs to her then. She's the first figure to go to go get Mary. Interestingly, it's not Jesus who's waiting there with open arms, though he he's the one who sent like it's all him, right? Like he sent the sent the apostles to go find her. They've brought her back to the camp. But like she needs a mediatrix like she needs somebody between Jesus and herself to like bring her the rest of the way. And it's not meant to be Peter or Matthew. It's Mary, the mother of God. She's the one who goes to Mary. She's the one who comforts her. And she's the one who says, let me take you to him. (sighs) So beautiful and so true. And she leads Mary Magdalene one step at a time toward Jesus. They enter into his tent, his throne room, if you will. 
and she stays with her in her sin and in her shame. And while she's confessing these things to the Lord, and she's a part of that healing and that reconciliation. And I'm just going to go out on the limb and say that Dallas Jenkins or whoever is involved with the chosen might not have intended that bit of theology to be incorporated in the episode. But I just want to point out that deep down in their heart, I think the Holy Spirit was at work in all of that because that's truth. That is truth. And that is therefore the Catholic view of Mary. She can bring us closer to Jesus because we can't always come back to him on our own. I'm also going to say that especially as women, when we experience shame in a powerful way, it's often helpful to have that motherly figure, that fellow woman to be able to bring us there. Or even men. When you're little and when something goes wrong, of course, like, dad is there to pick you up and protect you with his big, strong arms. But when you get a boo-boo, don't you run to mom to kiss it? There's just something so gentle and tender and inviting and open about a woman's touch. And that is why at the foot of the cross, like, the Lord gave St. John his mother and not just John, but that that woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. It was actually Jesus giving all of his children, all Christians, Mary as their mother. So I just invite you to pray with that episode and that idea of Mary as mother, whether you're Catholic, whether you're just Christian. If you've never thought about the role of Mary in your life, she's not God. As Catholics, we do not worship Mary. But just think about what a powerful influence you have in heaven alongside the Son of God, like his mother. I want to leave you with a few ideas. If you are still unsure maybe about Mary and her role in your walk of life as a Christian, or maybe you're like super on fire, gung-ho, like, heck yeah, Morgan, give me more Mary, wherever you're at. I just give you a couple of considerations because there are some really cool ways that we can grow closer to Jesus through Mary, and they are through what are called consecrations, these special entrustments and promises of ourselves to our Lord through Our Lady which is illustrated so beautifully in that episode of The Chosen. And three that come to mind and that I have done in my life and that have been so incredibly impactful, powerful, have led to such profound change for the better in my life and have brought me infinitely closer to the Lord, including doing joy and hope and that revelation tied up in one of them. It's these three consecrations. See in the description below for links for each of these. The first is called 33 Days to Morning Glory. The second is called Mary's Mantle Consecration. And the third is called True Devotion to Mary, which fun fact is actually why I wear this chain all the time, because that is one of the signs of your total entrustment to Jesus through Mary, through the True Devotion to Mary Consecration.
I know that I'm not the one to change hearts or change minds. So I just offer all of these things that are on my heart today. And speaking of hearts, the very, very last thing I will leave you with is how powerful it is to entrust our hearts to Jesus through Mary. And this is also illustrated in that episode because as they're standing there in the tent, Jesus looks at Mary Magdalene and he says, I just want your heart. And Mary, the mother of God, is standing right next to her in that moment, helping her, giving her the strength, the support, the love that she needs in order to entrust her heart to Jesus. And there's a prayer for purity that I pray every single day that was introduced to me by the CFRs. And there are three parts of the prayer. The first addresses um, um, Mary as daughter of God the Father. Mary, the second part, Mary, loving mother of God the Son. And the third, Mary, loving spouse of the Holy Spirit. And in that second part, here's how the prayer goes. Mary, loving mother of God the Son, I give my heart to your care. Let me love Jesus with all of my heart. Let me always try to love my neighbor and let me avoid friends who might lead me away from Jesus and into a life of sin. When we give our hearts to Jesus through the help of our Blessed Mother, we will come infinitely closer to Him than we ever could on our own. And if you doubt or don't believe me, I invite you to just pray, asking the Lord to reveal what role he wants our mother to have in your life. Because if he doesn't want her to be in it, okay, he can tell you that. But I have a feeling that that's not what he's going to say. And get back to me, if you will. I would love to hear how he answers that prayer. All for the greater glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys, and see you back here soon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full-time, bringing you the inspiring, creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.